Hey everyone, Jay here. I just wanted to say that we've got some really cool artwork for this episode, so you're going to want to click through to the show notes to check out the full version of the image, which we'll be showing in your podcatcher right now. Our thanks go out to Yuri Keynes on Twitter for working with us to create this piece of art. Anyway, on with the show. Hello everyone, this is another episode of The Waffling Tailors, but before we begin, I just want to say that this episode, because we are reflecting on the Final Fantasy VII Remake, you can see this episode is essentially... That's a, a goose sound right there. Essentially, one, uh, indeed, one huge spoiler. So if you haven't finished the Final Fantasy VII Remake yet, um, I'd recommend maybe missing this episode out until you have. Uh, if you've got it, go finish it, I guess. Don't, don't let me tell you what to do. But uh, we will still be here when you have finished it and when you come back. Um, if you carry on, obviously... Uh, Squidge and Lulu are potentially about to spoil story points as they talk through it. So um, proceed in your own caution, I guess. But uh, because of that, because they're about to talk about their own reflections of it, um, and because I'm a dirty scrub, I haven't played it, uh, I'm going to essentially disappear at some point during this episode, and then I'll come back at the end uh, just because, you know, I don't want to spoil it for myself. So that's my... um, That's how involved i am with this show i want to be here to help but i can't be here for this episode i'm not willing to spoil the game for myself so i guess count yourself lucky i don't know um but yes with that being said i guess we should roll our damn music you know i hate note-taking programs they're a pain what? Why is, Why? That? Why is that? Right, well, I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, a, a month in between starting and finishing the, the last part. Right? As you do. And when I'm writing down notes, I pause pause the game and I type furiously on my phone. But it doesn't like how I type, because I correct I spell stuff correctly, right? But mm-hmm. the autocorrect doesn't like it. So what I tried to type was Shinra building obstacle course. But for some reason, Google decided, you want to put testicle in, don't you? So, Shimra building testicle course must be something one of the soldiers do. Very good istical or tickles, right? Very useful words by themselves, but not very interchangeable. No, I'm just, no. I'm just picturing Sephiroth, Genesis, and Angeal having like some weird game that they play oh kind of like in that in that movie waiting where they have to show each other their testicles, but without like drawing attention to it. You need to see the movie. (laughs) I, I, I just drop my drawers and lose. That's the intro. Not normal music, that's the intro. And you know your friend Tess, she's going to get another text message to me. Yes. Shout out to Tess and well, no, the idea of the game is is that you you can't be like, oh, hey, look, you have to make the person look at your testicles, but without outright saying, hey, look at my balls. But they also have these different, like, 
styles as well, like the Batwing and stuff like that. You'll have to watch the movie. It's great. <laughs> Can you use props? Because I just use a giant LED light. Like I don't know. It's been down. a few years since I've watched the movie, but it is a very good movie. I believe Ryan Reynolds was in it. Final Fantasy Seven, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Final Testicle Seven. <laughs> or is it Testicle Fantasy Seven? <laughs> I'll just I'm out. leave. I'll just I'm- leave. I'm not. I'm not reflecting on this at all. I'd rather stick to the subject. I'm not reflecting on testicles. You can cut all that out if you want. I'm really no. sorry. No. <laughs> Most of that's I... still going in the stinger. No. No. <laughs> but also, yes. <laughs> well, that's going in the teaser. <laughs> oh dear. So with all of that said, like I said in the little intro that we recorded, um, Squidge and Lulu have finished Final Fantasy VII Remake, and we thought we'd get back together because we promised it in the discussion episodes about Final Fantasy VII Remake, and we're going to get back together and we're going to have Lulu and Squidge talk to you all and to themselves, to each other, that's it, about... The Final Fantasy VII Remake, what their thoughts are, what their ideas about, is there going to be another one, how it might all fit together, all that kind of stuff. Um, And we'll do that in a minute. But first, as we always do, I thought that we could go around the virtual table and uh, ask each other, what have you been playing? So who who, who goes first, Squidge? Yes. You're pointing, right? I saw a teeny-weeny fingertip. (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked about testicles and teeny-weeny fingertips. I feel like we're going to have to mark this episode as explicit. I am so sorry. (laughs) I always lower the tone wherever I go. I'm really sorry. (laughs) Just give me a shovel. I'll dig my own grave. (laughs) You mean dig it deeper? You already dug it ages ago. I know. know. There's still a chance I can climb out. <laughs> it's just it's just upkeeping it at this point, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Can't let it get sloppy. <laughs> oh, right. So, so Yes, in other words, what have you been playing, Lulu? <laughs> uh recently um I said goodbye to Mobius Final Fantasy because they closed the servers down. Very upset, but also happy that I got to play it all and see the game to its conclusion. Um May have been a few, you know, gamer tears here and there, because, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I've finished playing Mobius Final Fantasy. Um, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, loving the new update with swimming at the moment and catching lots of scallops and jellyfish and octopi. What else Yay. have I been playing? Obviously, Final Fantasy fourteen because... <laughs> I have no life. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, uh, getting ready for the next patch update, which was unfortunately delayed due to current world events. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, I've not been playing too, too many different games at the moment. Time and what have you. I, I need to sleep at some point. <laughs> sleep, Sleeping's a myth. No one needs sleep. <laughs> Sleep becomes, sleep becomes a myth when you turn 30. <laughs> I can attest to that, yeah. Yes. It's, it's more a case of you don't sleep, you just fall unconscious and wake up in a different location. <laughs> At least I do. Don't know about anyone else. 
okay. I've just got images of you now, sort of like getting into bed, and then in your sleep, sort of like snail crawling around with your duvet. <laughs> no, it's it's more of a case of I fall asleep in my bed and wake up in Wakefield. Don't ask. I don't know either. Wakefield. Is it because you changed to King's Cross? Hello, Timmy. Ah, uh, Sheffield. You doing a Sheffield? I fell asleep on the tube. The tube doesn't go to Sheffield, Mike. Yeah, I know. I uh, must have changed at King's Cross. Right, well, don't fall asleep on the way back, okay? Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yes, those have been my games recently. <laughs> <laughs> There's some furious scribbling going on. Yeah. Yeah, what have you been playing, Scridge? What have you been playing? Tell us all what you've been playing. Well, obviously, the subject of today's podcast, I've finished Final Fantasy VII. I've been playing Jurassic Lego Jurassic World on uh, on the PC because Steam sale. Um, I'm finishing off because it doesn't take long. I've been doing the latest season on Diablo three for uh, pets and tasty little extras. That's about it. I don't bother after I get all the extras. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about it. Apart from working, mm-hmm. that's about it. It's highly exciting stuff, as you can tell. I know. Like I say, yeah. you turn thirty and things just become. Not as exciting anymore. It's like some mm-hmm. little pixie comes and casts a spell on you uh, overnight. It's like, you were 29 and things were fun and fast and fancy free. Now you are 30. Say hello to boredom. <laughs> and wanting to sleep all the time. Oh, and comfy pants. Comfy oh, yeah. Pants. yeah. Mate, comfy pants and sleeping are two of my um, top hobbies right now. Like if, like, if somebody wants to buy me a pair of comfy pants for my birthday, I will cry in happiness and thank them and offer them anything that they want in return. And then I'll happily go and sit in the corner and sleep. Dude, I have such a selection of comfy pants. Pretty much, if I'm not going anywhere, I will get up, get dressed. Well, I say get dressed. Get up, brush my teeth, wash my face, blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual morning stuff. And then it's like, and now into my comfy pants, which basically look like PJs. Do you have like one pair day of the week? Or is it, do you have one pair activity you do? Or is it just you have a ton of them? I just have a load of them. Like, um, if I've been out on an errand, as soon as I get home... I'll, you know, take coat off, put my bag away, shoes off, comfy pants on. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going anywhere. My comfy pants are, like, staying on. PJ party! So it's a definite case of no pants, no rules the minute you walk in. Door shut. That's, That's it. No rules. No pants. It's that simple. In yeah. whatever whatever vernacular you use, whether that's trousers or underpants, whatever. Actually, last year, um, I went to Distant Worlds in London with a bunch of friends. And we got a hotel together. And um, as pretty much as soon as we got there and we got settled in and we organised who was sleeping in what bed, I just went, right, excuse me, fellas, went into the bathroom, came out, and I had comfy pants on and my slippers. Because I was like... Sod it, I'm going to be comfortable. I don't care. Engage maximum relaxation. Exactly. I mean, you know, we were just going to hang out in the hotel and get drunk, so why not do it comfortably? Exactly. I I think (laughs) what we're trying to get at is if you ever use the app Tinder, 
and you see the age of someone, if it's over the age of 30, everything they put on their profile is absolute crap. Mm -hmm. What they should put is hobbies include sleeping, wearing comfy pants. Mm. Yep. It should just mm-hmm. cut out all the bulk. Bul- and making just blanket put that. forts on the sofa. Yes. 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 <laughs> I feel blanket like that's forts a hobby. for the win. That's a hobby for anyone, regardless of their age, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. no, seriously. As soon as I got into my 30s, I, I just suddenly stopped caring and <laughs> kind of going, you know what? Being at home, it's not that bad. It's actually quite nice. It's quite Being nice. at home rules. Yeah. I've got everything <laughs> I want here. And I don't have to see people. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw this out there. This is just from my point of view. It doesn't matter what age you are. There is no excuse you need to watch anything Disney. At all. Especially if you're in comfy pants in a fort at home. You don't need any excuse. Yes, I have younger family members, but I don't need an excuse to watch Disney Plus. Any time of the day. The only thing I've watched that's come from Disney Plus was The Mandalorian. I'm not really a fan of Disney. I mean, just generally, you want to watch anything, do it. Cartoon, TV show, movie, Star Wars. If you're in comfy pants and you're over the age of 30, absolutely fine. Oh, no. See, my my over the age of 30 and comfy pants thing has reduced me to listening to a lot of audiobooks. Because I used to love reading. And for some reason, in my 20s, I had loads of time to be able to sit down and just read a book. Now I've got a back catalogue and I never have time to just sit and read a book. So, yeah, audiobooks are the way forward. If you've got any recommendations, please send them my way. <laughs> good, good, good. So what about you? What have you been playing then, you dirty scrub? What have I been playing? Not very much because I've been writing lots of software. Um, not being paid to do it, but writing lots of software for the joy of writing software. Because, you know, you've only got so many clicks in your fingers or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, mine's been the Ace Attorney on uh, the Ace Attorney trilogy on um, what's that console I've got? The Switch. Nintendo, the, the Switch, that's it, yeah. So essentially that, that's it. That's Oh, no, 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 because I've done some streams. So it's been Resident Evil 2 on the N64 nice. and Hybrid Heaven on the N64 as well. Oh, yes. With the I really I hate that I miss your streams because, uh, what is it, on the on the Saturday stream, you start streaming when I start raiding, and I'm like, oh, and I hear, I hear my other half listening to you, and I'm always like, tell them I said hi in the middle of killing things. <laughs> I will one day just to have a weekend off and be like, yeah, I want to watch my friends play, like, stream a game. Well... <laughs> Let me know which weekend it is, and I'll really put in the effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not saying I don't, but I'll put in more effort. Does this does this mean you'll wear pants? No. <laughs> Your face said it all. <laughs> I, I wear, wear pants, pants for, for no, no one. one. <laughs> you, you see, like, the top half of the top half of my body, why the hell would I wear pants? Yeah, you're not no, even I'm wearing a full that. t-shirt, are you? You're wearing one of those that, like, bodybuilders used to wear in the '90s that cut off at the nipples, aren't you? No, look, Final Fantasy. Oh. Hang on. Uh, yeah, fair enough. There he goes. He's having to stand. Very nice. For the people who are listening, obviously you didn't see any of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screech is wearing a Final Fantasy VII t-shirt. Uh, is it one of them from like Games Done Quick or something, or is it just um, found on? It was a Red charity Ball? one. Got it from um, Yeti. Oh, okay, and, cool. And so much of it went to charity. So cool. I do that I mean, gaming yeah. stuff every so often. 
we may need a link to that or, or like a picture of it or something so that mm. the folks who are reading through the show notes know what they're looking at mm. or rather know what we're looking at. But there you go. Yes. Cool. Yes. Is that what everyone's been playing then? Yeah. yeah. You two bobbing up and down. You make me do it even though I'm just sat in an armchair. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got no buoyancy. <laughs> so for... Uh, for everyone who's listening, obviously you didn't see us bouncing up and down. Um, I have a, I'm having a bit of trouble with my lower back, so I'm sitting on a yoga ball. And obviously anyone who's ever sat on a yoga ball and tried to stay still, unless you've got a really strong core, it ain't going to happen. And obviously the temptation is to just sit and bounce. <laughs> I wish the, uh, the listeners <laughs> could see what I'm seeing, which is just uh, Jay's head uh, disappearing below nose level and then coming back up with the stupid grin. <laughs> okay, now you look more maniacal. <laughs> no. Took a screenshot. I'll, I'll, if it's not too blurry, I'll try and add that to the show notes without looking, of course, because you guys are about to talk about Final Fantasy VII remake, and uh, you know I can't really, I can't really listen to it. So that's going to be fun. Me oh. producing the show notes without actually listening to the episode. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, next, it's fine. It's fine. Next it's like April, awful. it comes out on PC. Well, it's if- not your fault that I don't have a PS4. It's my fault. <laughs> yeah. But I got a PS2. It's not going to work on the PS2. The intro might work on the PS2. That's about it. Not with that kind of attitude, it won't. <laughs> it until next April just to get the menu working on the PS2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I have seen some very, very positive movements in the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 emulation scenes. So it could just be that um, I obtain it entirely legally, <laughs> back it up, and then run it on my computer. Oh, I just wait till April. Just get a PS4 and I'll buy you a copy of it. No, 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 no. It's fine. I've already got it pre-ordered on my Switch, so... Um, so I'll probably forget about that by the time it comes out. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's coming out on Switch at the same time as... Because uh, Sony got the the exclusive for PS4 for a year, and then it comes out on everything else next year. So, yeah, so I've got to wait till yeah, April. Sony threw bare dollar at that. <laughs> to be fair, right? I actually There's a reason why up. that is. Yeah, I looked this up the other day whilst uh, Squidge was streaming Maneater. Mm. I think it was it the Maneater stream, yeah. or was it the... Um, yeah, okay. okay, so it wasn't um, it wasn't uh, evil and a chill. It was Manita, right? Mm. Okay, so whilst he was looking, whilst he was playing Manita, I actually looked up Square Enix and how the merger happened, and it's all down to Final Fantasy VII. Uh, sorry, not Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Right? They lost so much money over that that they had to merge with Square Enix, uh, with Enix. Sorry, to form Square Enix. The and, and Enix initially didn't want to merge with them, and so Square had to turn to Sony and go, "Please buy twenty percent of our stock." Mm. So they own Sony own twenty percent of Square Enix, which is why they get all the exclusives. It will forever bum me out that Spirits Within didn't do as well as it should have done, and it's mm-hmm. down largely down to it's largely down to the fan base. I know I just said down like three times in a sentence there because my brain just went ha, <laughs> but um, yeah, it is largely down to the fan base because they expected it to be like a game, and it and they said from the very onset that it wouldn't be like a game. It would have its own lore, its own world. Like every other Final Fantasy title, 
just in movie format. And I personally thought it was a really good sci-fi movie. If you if you watch it for what it is, it's a really good movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I saw it in the cinema when it came out and with my younger brother, and I was blown away by how amazing it was. I think I've got it on Blu-ray somewhere. <laughs> it's a great movie, and if you haven't watched it, or it's been a long time since you have watched it, go back and have a viewing, because it is a really good sci-fi movie. Really good. I think I've got a way to... Um... If I could go back in time and talk to him, give him an idea, I've got a way that they could please all the fans. You have Steve Buscemi voicing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I think it would have been a success if they'd have done that. Yeah. No, they had some really big names in that movie. Turns it from he turns it up to eleven to Steve Buscemi. Do you, yeah. do you mind not talking to me too much? I've, I've got something to do here. Do you mind not chatting to me? I love that scene where he's like, he's constantly talking and he's busy and he's like, can you shut up a minute? I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. Yeah, they really did have some big names and they tried like Square Pictures, which was shut down immediately after mm. Final Fantasy VII, uh, I keep saying it, Final Fantasy Spirits Within yeah. came out. Um, they wanted to make um, Dr. Aki Ross that character that they created for it, they wanted to make that the first sort of digital actress yeah. and have her in a bunch of different movies. And yeah. she was in, um, I think, the test footage that they put together for uh, one of the Animatrix movies. She was in that. Yes, um, she was. She was. That's it. She's never been used ever since. It's such a shame because they had some great assets there. They could have easily made – like, I know that they wanted to make Aki Ross – um, the first digital actress, but they could have done it with the other ones as well. Like they could have mm-hmm. just introduced it slowly. That here's the new the new age of acting. And to be honest, it's kind of gone that way anyway because mm-hmm. we've got all these motion cap- capture actors now. I mean, look at I know currently The Last of Us Two is very polarizing within the gaming community. Personally, I very much enjoyed the story. I'm not going to go into spoilers over it uh, because that's not what this podcast is about. Um, I personally enjoyed the story, but more than anything, I was blown away by the acting. It's not just the voice acting, but the physical acting that was done by the voice actors. Like, kudos to them all. Like, <laughs> oof. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, we are we are going that way where motion capture is becoming bigger and in fact i did read the other day that the motion capture actors for cloud strife and tifa lockhart are currently working they are working on motion captures so (laughs) excitement sorry really goofy picture of them and i believe cloud strife's actor was holding a little umbrella no idea why but I'm, but I'm already kind of like sit, sitting here going, I'm living for it. <laughs> you just want a picture of him uh, with uh, the motion, uh, like Tifa's motion caption actor looking at him weird and him, him holding like a toy giraffe. Yeah. Over, just no, no, no context whatsoever. Just, uh. People across the, the universe were frantically writing down and drawing pictures of what it was that they actually looked like so that they could copy that look and cosplay as them at the next convention, right? Mm-hmm. Just the actors, not the characters, the actors. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think you're right, though. I think we are moving towards a CGI actors 
um, at world. Cause like, I don't know about the rest of the world, but at least over here in the UK, we've got a range of, I think there's only one so far, but there's an advert for a chocolate bar that has, um, Oh, what's her name now? The, the, the actress from, um, Roman holiday. Oh, mm. pass. I don't know. I'm afraid. Funny name. <laughs> she's, she's been dead for like 40 years or something. Mm. Um, Oh dear. Audrey Hepburn, that's it. Oh, oh the galaxy yeah. bar one. Yeah, the galaxy bar. I'll see if I can somehow wangle the show notes so we can include an embedded link to it. But yeah, she's been dead for like 50, 60 years. And they've included her in this in this advert because the estate of Audrey Hepburn had uh, signed over the fact that yes, you can use her likeness in this in this advert, and so they've digitally recreated her for this advert, and it's really really creepy. But I think we are heading in that direction that estates can then go, yeah, we'll have Marlon Brando in one more film, or. You know, Charlie Chaplin in another film. Yeah. I think that's. I'd, I'd that's also like to creepy. point out that I know 1993 was a long time ago, but it wasn't 40, 60 years ago. <laughs> I don't know when she died. I yeah. knew that she was an I actress. Just, I just 40, looked it up. I'm like, ago. I'm sure she hasn't been dead that long. Like, I was, she- I was just. I was just going to say major spoilers if you thought she was still alive. I should probably oh, yeah, put spoiler alert in there somewhere. Mm. I'm not going to yeah. put spoiler alerts anywhere in this episode, by the way. Yes. Because yeah. it's just one been- massive spoiler. You have been warned that, yes, there are spoilers. Um, but before we get on to the Final Fantasy VII Remake, I obviously want to say that, yes, we have had two episodes of you folks discussing Final Fantasy VII Remake already. So if you haven't heard those, go back. Um, but I also want to point out, right, that wonderful person that Lulu is, um, <laughs> there were some tweets sent out about it. Um, and we actually got a tweet back from... Multiple uh, from the, tweets back, actually. Multiple tweets back from the voice actor who plays Rush. Um, Let me just, from Austin Lee Matthews. He is amazing. I love him. He really is. So I just want to call call him out and say uh, thank you ever so much for not only just, not only engaging with with us, but obviously for then quoting the episode back to us, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A a, a proud moment for me because I come up with the skits. That's quite a proud moment for me. Exactly. I thought it was a proud moment for you. I was like mortified. I'm like, no, don't, don't, don't shine a spotlight on my hair, Envy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing was, it it wasn't just him. There was, I'm no good with names. You had the the voice actress who did um, Tifa's voice liking the tweet. And then you add the guy who played Barrett asking for a link so he could listen to the episode. Yeah, that was um, Brick Barron and John Eric Bentley. Yes. I, f- I feel kind of bad for um, for being a bit harsh on Barrett the past two episodes now. <laughs> After he heard <laughs> I told, it, I feel a I bit bad. I told you, like, Barrett is amazing. I, I really love what John Eric Bentley did with him. Um, oh, God. I'm just really looking forward to seeing Barrett's character arc because obviously we know after Midgar that Barrett really gets a good character arc, especially in the Coral or Corel, however you want to pronounce it, uh, region of the story before Gold Saucer. You really start to find out more about why he ended up becoming a member of Avalanche and how he got that gun arm. And it, it's wonderful. It is so wonderful. And He's you in know, very good hands with John Eric Bentley. A hand. 
beforehand. Do you know yeah. what I hadn't thought of until you just mentioned it? Oh, is Barrett's an amputee? No, no, is how Barrett gets the uh, the gun arm, right? Because in the original, the Final Fantasy VII is not the greatest graphical quality no. um, game. So when you see the scene where he loses his hand, it's just kind of like, oh, well, it's a gray blob and it gets replaced with another gray blob. But now we're in the land of ultra high fidelity. Oh, you're gonna man. See it. It's going to be so weird seeing him with two hands because they're going to have to render that model if they do it in flashback sort of sequences. And like I said, you're also going to see his hand get severed. Yeah, mm, they might because he does even speak about uh, spending time in the hospital where he used a prosthetic arm. So even if they, obviously, this is speculation, just fair warning to everyone, don't get your hopes up that whatever I say is right, I am no authority on this. (laughs) But if they do it in flashback sequences, you know, very typical Final Fantasy style, stop bouncing, you're putting me off, I'm on a roll here. (laughs) But if they do do it in typical Final Fantasy style where you have flashbacks to it, and even if they did it in the way that they did it in the first installment where it's just like very quick flashes of images, they're still going to have to render in those images of Barrett with both hands, possibly a prosthetic arm, possibly laid up in hospital, you know, getting frustrated because that's what he said. He got frustrated with the prosthetic arm and that's when he had the gun grafted on because he felt that it was more useful to him than another hand. And it's just like, yes, give me all of this. And I'm so looking forward to hearing John Eric Bentley voice this because he's got such a good range with Barrett. You know, he's got so many little nuances that I absolutely adored throughout the remake. You know, how he spoke to Cloud initially, he's quite gruff and very typical, I'm the leader kind of guy. I'm not even going to try and, you know, imitate Mr. Bentley because... God tier. But you know, he he comes <laughs> off very gruff and like, I don't care about you, you're just here because I'm paying you. And then later on when Cloud gets splits up from the split up from them even, and he comes back and there's that brief moment of, Oh thank God you're alright, you know, just that and then he goes, Ugh, uh, I mean, you took your time, you know, and it's <laughs> just that that quick flip from being father figure Barrett to no, I'm a resistance fighter, Barrett. I love it. <laughs> I mm. love it. Perfect. And of course, all the Barrett Marlene moments. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to take a, a moment to thank the folks who have engaged us um, and the folks who have maybe you know listened in and stuff because it really means a lot. So thank you ever so because. They're all professionals, right? They've got like professional voice acting jobs to do. We're just mm-hmm. a couple of idiots. Well, I'm an idiot and you two are the ones who bring the magic sitting around talking about something that they've created. So, you know, I really appreciate them taking the time out. So that's even if all they did was see the tweet and go, oh, that's wonderful. I carried on or see it and then like it in, in the, the instance of one of the actors. And then like even just engaging, that was awesome. So thank you yeah. ever so much for that. I I personally hope that if they did listen to it, they enjoyed it because I put a lot of time and effort into it. 
mm-hmm. especially Final Fantasy ones. I put way too much time and effort into it. You put and, enough and, time and effort is what you do. <laughs> and f- and for me, I'd like to thank you on behalf of the Waffling Tailors. They do a lot of hard work. They deserve the attention that you have given them and the time that you have given them. And also for me personally, I am so sorry you have to put up with me for like over an hour because <laughs> I am a moron. <laughs> No, but no, no, thank no, no, no. you. I'm thank you moral. for noticing me, senpais. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So many but memes. Anyway, so many memes. Anyway, with that being said, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, well, I'm going to bow out and these, these wonderful folks are going to talk about the Final Fantasy VII remake. They're going to talk about Whatever it is that they oh what 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 what, 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 what oh, actually what, hang on I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just doing this so you can see it. I I need another toilet break. Oh, we're gonna God. okay so before that we're gonna go for a bio break and everyone's gonna empty their bladders apparently. Well the thing is I've got a sore throat and I've already drunk one of these before. So. Okay, that's fine. No, there's no don't I don't want to gotta protect my voice. Go pee. We're gonna talk yeah. about you. That's I don't fine. want an excuse. I'll, I'll can... hear about it anyway. So, <laughs> edit it, don't I? so it doesn't bother me much. I edit the damn thing. I know. You've been warned. I need to do more podcasts with you guys and not just FF-focused ones. I just need to do more with you. <laughs> I'm sure your audience loves it when they, when you announce you're going to do a podcast with me. They're like, oh, God, she's back. Everybody give these Mate. episodes a swerve. <laughs> <laughs> not that bad, seriously. I've got messages from a couple of people going, you should have Lulu on. Oh, she's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> Lies. Lies and slander. Right. I will dig them out if you want. I don't yeah, care. I, I, I need... I need to see these proofs. I, I dropped off something for me and Jay's friend Jay, right? And he said, um, I'm trying to... He said, um, there's someone on my Discord server that's well into anime and Foul Fancy and stuff. I'm trying to get her onto your podcast because you talk about the remake. Yeah. And there's like six other people on there, so I'm trying to get them to listen in, not just to hear my stupid voice, but to, to hear like content and stuff because he's listened to them. Yeah. And he said, I'm, I'm tr- and the first thing I thought was, well, you know that bit at the end of the second episode? If you need that as a ringtone for your friend, <laughs> I can pass that on. I've still got that, if you want that. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to essentially bow out, um, and I will be back in a little while, hopefully, to help do the wrap-up. Or maybe Squidge and Lulu don't need me to help do the wrap-up, in which case I'll see you all next time. We'll have to see what happens in about an hour or so. Maybe it'll be two hours, maybe it'll be three, I don't know. But when, when hopefully you'll hear from me again, right? <laughs> we'll meet again. Anyway, yes. <laughs> I ain't got a lighter, I'll just, I'll just wave. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave under duress and upset, and but only because I'm upset that I haven't played it. It's not your fault; it's my fault for not having a PlayStation. Um, but yes, I will leave you in the capable hands of both Squidge and Lulu as I go and mute myself and uh, not pay attention to what you're saying. So I will see you all later on. I guess it's been a while since I've muted myself. 
We should do it as often as you can. Steady. <laughs> Steady. 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 Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> He's dancing as well. I know, which is great because he, he can't see my face, so he doesn't know. <laughs> That was my Elmo sitting on the toilet dance. <laughs> that makes it even worse. I know. That makes it even worse. <laughs> that is so wrong. Oh. <sighs> Hello, sir. Oh, oh, so, right, Final Fantasy VII Remake. My, my auto-corrected notes. I've gone through them. All, all the, I had to get rid of some of them because the auto-correct made absolutely no sense. Oh, Windows yeah. is like, how dare you spell correctly? No, it's it's like Google's like that, and it's kind of like I put all. It's it's kind of like if you imagine I put my notes through Google Translate seven times. Mm. That's kind of what it looked like, and I was trying to figure out what was what, and it was just oh, it's a nightmare. Oh no! <laughs> On top of the fact that I nearly spilled a drink all over all of my equipment while I tried to pause the pad and put it down. To reach for my phone, I nearly knocked a drink over. So I could have destroyed all of my equipment trying to get notes for this. Oh no. A great personal cost. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. This sort of continues on from where it was last time, where my notes is mm-hmm. um going back to sector f- I want to say five after yeah. after you get chucked underground and you find out that the plate's gonna fall. So it's going back yes. there, you know, you know where the don goes missing. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Is that before or after the plate falls? Um, I'm trying to think back because it's been a little while since I played. I'm pretty sure it's um after the chaos of it that somebody, I think it might be Madam M, mentions that the dons basically turn tail and run. Mm. Because so, uh, I'm pretty sure somebody's like I think he thinks that Shinra's after him. Okay, so there's there's only sort of two things I need to mention before I get onto the Don, and mm-hmm. one of them's going to be really fast because it's still it's still fresh. Yeah, it's, it's uh, still too soon. Um, so, <laughs> so the first thing I'm going to mention, um, which I don't want to, but I have to, I'll just read out the note. I'm not going to go into it too much. Is the note says Jesse all in caps with seven explanation points, and then in brackets it says sad face. I'm not prepared to go into it, to be honest. Jesse. Poor Jesse. I... Um, I I actually went online after I completed it, and the first thing I put was, is there any way to save her? And yeah, it was no. a resounding no. 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 Um, it's also quite interesting as well, um, obviously, now that you completed it, I can talk about it freely. Yeah. And again, I know there's a big spoiler warning on this, but we can't stress it enough that there will be a heck of a lot of spoilers because mm-hmm. I'm going into this unfiltered. Sorry, oh, yeah. people, but you have been warned. So at the end of the the game where you've got the um, the ending cutscene playing, you see Biggs is in bed. Um, he's clearly survived somehow. Mm. Um, and on the table is a bandana and a glove. Now, a lot of people, understandably, um, are hoping against hope because the glove is clearly Jesse's. If you look mm-hmm. at the, the the style of it, the design, it is clearly Jesse's. It's also too small to be wedges or bigs. And the bandana, I'm a, 
I'm guessing is hers or it's alluding to Wedge. It could be Wedge because he wears a bandana as well, doesn't he? He wears a a full-headed bandana, so it's just a strip. So it could be that it's alluding to Wedge, um, but I personally think they're they're Jessie's. And the fact that Biggs wakes up in the orphanage that he, one, grew up in, and then two, ran for a little while, Mm. um, it's... It's both sad and heartwarming hmm. because obviously he's woken up and he, he 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 knows his friends are dead. He has to know his friends are dead. But knowing that there are people that still care so much about him to take him to his childhood home so he, that he can recover. Also, yeah. a lot of people have said, and I, I can't remember myself, um, and I didn't notice myself, that they believe that um, Biggs may have lost an arm. I didn't, I mean, when I watched the ending cutscene before you had, like, the credits and it showed you, like, the cutscenes mm. from the game, all I noticed that he was laid in bed. That was it. And he opened his yeah. eyes. That's all I noticed. I didn't notice anything else. Yeah, I, I personally didn't either, but it's still interesting mm. um, that he, you know, he has possibly lost an arm. But more than anything, I think what's interesting is how it's going to affect the story going forward because obviously he is still in Midgar recovering. Now, at later points in the original game, we do go back to Midgar uh, for a section. Are we going to run into Biggs again? Is he still going to be an Avalanche member? Mm. Or will his role as an Avalanche member have changed because he wants to help with the restoration of Sector 7? Which makes sense, you know, Sector 7 was his home, just like that orphanage was. Hmm. It's where he made his new family away from it. I'd like to personally think that he he is still an Avalanche member, but his objectives have changed for himself. Yeah, it's it changed his views on life and what to get out yeah. of it, now that he's recovered and escaped death, essentially. Yeah. 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 The, the only other thing I've mentioned, this is obviously before the... when you're... you're storm the Shimra building. This is before I knew that was going to happen. All I've put at the bottom of that is uh, get Wedge out and grab the cat. <laughs> and what I mean by that is not when the actual sector falls, it's when you go underground yeah. and and the cat takes you to Wedge, which I found really odd. You know, you follow the cat, you're playing as uh, Tifa and Barrett, Cloud is nowhere to be seen, mm-hmm. and you're going through this underground section trying to find Wedge, and then you have to leave him temporarily and then come back for him. Yeah. It's, and it took me ages to find that entrance again as well <laughs> after you leave it, because it, it, I, I played it, and I was off it for a week, and then one of the submissions was go down to there and find something, which was take mm-hmm. on, uh, I think it was Bahamut. And it took me eight, I had to go on YouTube and type in, how do I get into the underground Shinra bit? <laughs> and I had to follow a guy because I just couldn't remember. Um, yeah, no, there was... Like, I've seen that there are some complaints in regards to FF7 and the linearity, as in it is very corridor-like. And mm. again, I can see where these complaints are coming from, but to me it makes sense for the majority, you are in the slums where a lot of junk and refuse has been thrown out and just left there because no one cares. No one cares to clear it away. So it, in a weird way, it makes sense that there would be these like um, these tunneled pathways, if 
that makes sense. And it would seem like a corridor because how else are you going to get around? You're going to move stuff and make your own paths, but there's so much junk that it's unfeasible for a, a small group of people because each each slum area, from what we've seen, has, say, about 200 people living there, which, in theory, that sounds like a lot of people, but when you look at how desolate the, the junkyards are, that's not enough people to clear that out, and where would it go anyway? It'd just be pushing the problem further back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you have those linear paths, but what we've got to remember is it's the citizens creating those paths, and if it's if they need just one path between each like little township, mm-hmm. all you're going to get is that one path unless you start going off-road, essentially. Yeah. So there are going to be linear paths, because why would anyone open up a path to, like say, a large area that's got nothing but junk in? What would be the point? Exactly. And it would take weeks, wouldn't it? So It would, it would. It would take weeks. Mm. And not to mention the fact that they do have the, the, the train system, so the you know they don't have to have multiple paths leading from different sectors. It would just be one straight as straight as possible path between each sector without having to get the train. But the train is the the fundamental way of getting around. It is the 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 most um what's the word I'm looking for? It's the most logical way of getting around. Yeah, but having that one path it means that if you're on Shinra's radar for whatever reason you can bypass the train system and take this long path Hmm. so yeah uh, while I do see the gripes I also understand the design choices and I don't mind it personally it's kind of oddly nice seeing all that junk piled up because it just enriches the world even more. I and mean, we did sort of see it in the original FF7, just on a smaller scale with the um, pre-rendered backgrounds of all this junk and these paths that are sort of formed in the middle. So I don't mind it. I don't personally mind it. But again, preference, different strokes for different folks. I, I, I think I know where most of that complaint's coming from. Now, going back to the original Final Fantasy VII, unless you push the select button and you had those arrows on screen, it was really easy to get heavily lost. Oh, And you yeah, couldn't I find the path. So I think a lot of them complaints are coming from, I can see where I'm going. I'm not getting lost. I can see where I'm going. No, mm-hmm. no, it don't matter. <laughs> just just get immersed in it. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't worry about... You know, I push a button on the pad and then I can see where I'm going because that was the original over 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was a different it was a different ball game back then as well with how games were designed. Um, a lot of them were faux 3D. They weren't. They were they were drop down 2D. A lot of them. I mean, you look at some of the rooms that you went into in FF7 original. And it was just a box on a black screen. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it worked. And we, you know, we still loved it. We, Which makes me laugh that um, certain games um, can get away with these corridor simulators, as it were. And I love that Final Fantasy Thirteen gets absolutely hammered for being mm-hmm. a corridor simulator. And the problem is with that is that the world felt very empty. With the remake, there's a lot of NPCs hanging around. There's a lot of people having conversation. It feels lively, whereas Final Fantasy XIII, there weren't even places where you could really go shopping. 
there was probably one area in which you saw a lot of NPCs and that was, uh, again, it's been years since I played 13, but it was like the arcade, sort of like their version of the gold saucer. Yeah. And that was the only place you saw lots of NPCs, but it was empty, it was boring, and it all looked the same. Um, atmosphere. Yeah. I think is 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 the word. There's a yeah. lot of atmosphere in Final Fantasy VII. It's despite the fact it's a world where if people played it originally, like twenty odd years ago, it was a it was a groundbreaking game. So they had to mm. they had to figure things out and pre render backgrounds and try and cut corners and stuff. Mm-hmm. But even though it's a made up world and it'd never happen, you know, on this on this planet is a made up world, it's still believable because of the atmosphere. Yeah, you're, you're wandering yeah. through the slums, there's people chatting, there's kids chasing after dogs, you know, yeah. there's there's people just chatting away, talking about buying stuff. When you go through the original Sector 7, you've got people hitting on Tifa all the time. Yeah. You know? um, again, believable, you know. Yeah, and no one area looked the same. You mm. can tell the difference between being in Sector 5 slums and the Sector 7 slums. Mm. They've got their own personalities. It's not, it's not like reused backgrounds, is it? It's, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Even in the original game, you could easily tell just by looking which sector you were in because mm. they had their own personality. War Market looked incredibly different to the Sector 7 and Sector 5 slums. Mm. And then you went up to Shinra HQ and that had its own aesthetic and personality. So yeah, I never I never felt boxed in playing the FF7 remake at all. I I was always happy to be sort of funneling down almost like a rat. Mm. Cuz you you are essentially a slum rat. So yeah. and what do rats do? They make their own little ways around places safely so that they can get mm. from point A to point B without being seen or without having to go more topside, which is what a lot of uh, slum dwellers try to avoid, is going topside, unless mm. they work there. Yeah. I am, um, I'm kind of glad Tifa got her own minigame. Yes! The, uh, the, she is the pull-up queen. To she a point is. Where I was quite lucky I didn't have her fill. Because oh, I was, really? I was, I was used to the the mechanic of it. It showed you the pattern, then it was all timing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was used to that after the the squat challenge, and I'm kind of glad I didn't see T fulfill because I'd have felt really awful <laughs> if she would have fallen, as, especially if she'd have fallen and lost. The yeah. the, the, the guilt, the, the, just the guilt, completely. Yeah. No, not doing yeah. it. I was I was on my A game for the pull up challenge on that one. I think. Because you know, I gotta just, do, gotta do right by my wafu. <laughs> well, well, in my case, the backup wafu. But I never said the that. backup wafu. Uh, <laughs> I never said that. I never said that. Uh, right. Okay. okay. Um, once I got the uh, the grappling gun, uh-huh. I knew for a fact that I wasn't going to be able to. I'd missed out of all of the side quests. I missed one out of all of them, and that was because I couldn't get Shiva summoned. It yeah. was the you've got to clear out a graveyard so someone can visit a uh, a grave for an old woman. Oh yeah, and back in six the, to five. Yeah, the enemies were weaker to ice, mm. and I couldn't. I didn't know how to get the summons at that point. Yeah. It was equipped, but the wrong person was getting hit, so I couldn't summon properly. It was it yeah. was something to do with that. So I had to skip that, and I've I've made saves before all of the side missions so I could go back 
This is obviously before I realised you could chapter hop after you complete it. <laughs> and yeah. um, I did the same thing when I got the grappling gun. I thought, well, if I've missed anything, <laughs> mm. you know. Um, but one thing I did realise very quickly after using the grappling gun is Barrett's not good with heights. No, made me laugh. He's like, mm. don't look down, don't look down, don't look down, don't look down. I love that little character trait that they've added in. Yeah, it's- he's... They've really fleshed out these characters even more, these these little nuances that they've given them. Um, like Barrett and his dislike of heights. I love that. It's it's such a throwaway trait, because lots of people are afraid of heights. But it it's just so it's so funny that it's him. <laughs> and you know, um oh, what else was there? I'm trying to think now. No, it was, it was, it was just there. the it was, it was just the constant. It was either don't look down or just shut up. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah or easy him, now. Or Take him it singing easy. to himself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to try and distract himself because, like, even even as a gamer, you know, you're you're looking in on the game, and when you're getting further and further up, and you look down, it's like oh, oh, geez. Oh, that's that's really high up. That's mm. quite terrifying. And they're they wait, as you said, they are tightrope walking almost on these yeah. little beams and oh! <laughs> rickety things. And for me, it's not. I, I'm I'm not bothered by heights in games. Mm. Never have been because the the further you go up, the better view you've got, depending on the game. So you get a really I good agree. view. It's velocity is what scares the living crap out of me. It's um, the thought of hitting the ground, which yeah. is where I get near an edge and I, I physically start moving backwards in my chair. That's why <laughs> That's why Mirror's Edge was such a butt-clenching game for me when I played that. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, a first, you know, oh, it's, it's the very first first-person parkour game. I bought it and thought, this is going to be bad. So yeah. bad, you know, and I was right. But, um, yeah, the further you get up, I, I love the fact that they said, you know, they get to a certain point and they see the destruction of the plate falling. Yeah. And then um, Tifa goes, is the bar still there? At which point Barrett says, we can rebuild. Then yeah. they turn to Cloud and they go, you'll help us, right? And he looks and he gives that little smirk and he goes, for a price, I will. Oh, I love that. I love that. Again, because it's showing his character development. Um mm. Because at the beginning of the game, he is all... Oh, he makes me laugh. Just the constant, where's my money? Like, yeah. And the know. occasional, nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, the nopes are, are my favourite thing. He's mm. got some great one-liners. Uh, when Tifa wakes him up in Corneo's mansion, and she's like, oh, are you okay? And then she's like, that, that, that hair, that dress, your nails, the makeup. And he's like, nailed it, got it, moving on. <laughs> nailed it, got it, moving on. We need to get out of it, you know. <laughs> it's like I love it, but the it's the, the nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, so many little character traits. But again, already you can see at the end of the game that Cloud is very different to how he started off. He's he's more invested in the people around him. Like he was already invested in Tifa yeah. because they were childhood friends. But he didn't care too much about Barrett. Fair enough, Barrett. The way he was presenting himself at the start of the game, he was very abrasive, hmm. which is understandable. He he's a leader. He's got a job to do. He's got a vision. He's 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 on track. 
Biggs and Wedge and Jesse, especially Jesse, was trying so hard to get him out of his shell. And I'm glad that she was there. I know there's um, a lot of memes about Jesse being incredibly thirsty. And she was <laughs> that girl needs a glass of water. Sorry, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> but it it wasn't without purpose. It wasn't just she's going to flirt with him relentlessly because she's female and he's a good-looking main character. No, there was a purpose behind her flirting and her teasing, and that was to get him to open up and to actually admit that he cares about what he's doing. It's not just because it's a paycheck. Mm. So, yeah, I'm really glad about that. And Biggs being sort of like everyone's low-key daddy below Barrett <laughs> and taking care of where <laughs> Wedge and Jesse was great. Yeah. Um, speaking of character progression, I'll, I'll, but what I loved was when you finish climbing and all the uh-huh. mini boss battles and stuff and you got all the way to the top and you got to the gym headquarters and they were scoping out the place. What I liked more than anything was the fact that Tifa was quite obviously questioning herself. Mm. is this the right move to do? Are we doing the right thing? And I love that moment where Barrett just loses the sight of the bigger picture. Mm. He just loses it. He's all about, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to take these guys down. It isn't about the planet anymore. He just, he loses the bigger picture Mm. and he just, he loses sight of what they're there for. And it takes Cloud and Tifa together to go, remember what we're here for. Remember what we're going to do. There is a purpose of us getting here, you know, but we're going to save Aerith. Ares, Ares, whatever you want to call yeah. it. You know, That's it's... not the first time that um, Barrett's essentially had tunnel vision, though. Mm. When you're going through the uh, the train tunnels, there's um, there's a line of dialogue where Barrett is once again going on about like how Shinra is all bad. Everyone who works for Shinra is evil, and they're essentially human garbage. And Cloud says. How is it living in that black and white world of yours? I yeah. love that because he, even he understands, and we, we all know that Cloud is the unreliable narrator. Hmm. Even he knows that it's not so black and white. And we get to see that in the Shinra building where there are hmm. people that are on the phone to their mother saying, yeah, I'm scared too. I'm worried, but I've got to be here because it's my job and... I need to make the money to make sure that if anything does happen where you live or where I live, that I've got the money to get out of there and start over. It isn't as black and white. Not everyone that works for Shinra is human garbage. They're just regular people that are working to get through life. Mm. It's not their fault that their boss is uh, mega maniacal. Yeah, he's 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 not a very nice person at all. Mm-hmm. Good God, though, President Shinra. I'm so glad that they made him less cartoony villain, like and he just was made in the original. An absolute villain. Oh, he was. He was. He was an ass. Yes, but in the most in the most great way possible. Like that golden gun. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course he's gonna have a golden gun. Of the course, with the golden gun. <laughs> Square yeah. edition. That, that's jumping ahead <laughs> a little bit there. Sorry, I yeah. got ahead of myself. Um, but again, like President Shinra himself, they fleshed him out as a villain and showing how little he cares. All he cares about is the revenue, how much money he can make back from this, mm. how he can continue lining his pockets yeah. with money and living the life that he's set up for himself. Mm. That's all he cares about. And I like that, that in a weird way, he's he's 
in a, he's kind of similar to Barrett in his mindset, whereas Barrett's all about, you know, his black and white vision of Shinra as a whole. President Shinra is also kind of black and white with how he wants to get what he wants. Yeah. He doesn't care that the planet's suffering so long as he benefits from its suffering. And yeah. it's again, it's that parallel between the two characters that are on opposite sides of the spectrum for their wants and their needs, but still having those very similar traits. And I like that. I like the um, characters being a foil to one another in a weird yeah. way. And they're also going about very similar means to get those. Ends. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the President Shinra's got all this power, all these tr- troops and everything, and Barrett's just got pure violence. Yeah. Brute force and violence, and both sides use brute force and violence to yeah. um, to get what they need, which is, you know, there's, it's it's sort of like the, the, the more differences there are, the more similar they are. It's Yeah, and I do like that, and it's, it's one yeah. of those things that can be easily missed as well, mm. because as a player... You're kind of conditioned to be like President Shinra, bad Barrett, good, but Barrett's not squeaky clean. None of Avalanche are. They've all done some no. shady stuff yeah. to achieve their goals. It's you know you kind of forget that they are essentially terrorists. They are eco terrorists, yeah. and blowing up a reactor, and you know as we later find out that. They actually just wanted to disable the reactor, not blow it up like it was. That was Shinra kind of, you know, with their own propaganda. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. The fact that they disabled the reactor means that that sector will suffer because they get all their power from that reactor. And yes, in the long run for the planet, disabling that reactor will have a knock-on effect somehow, somewhere down the line. But it's still showing that black and white vision he's got, which is mm. why I liked when you were going to the Maker Reactor 5 when Tifa was with you and you're turning off the sun lamps. Tifa's worried about the people below. Barrett's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's yeah a, we, you know, we're doing this for a reason. There is a long yeah. game. Well, people are going to get hurt. Yeah. You know. And they're innocent people. They've got nothing to do with it. Mm. They were all sold the same lie. Move to Midgar, the city of dreams. You yeah. know, <laughs> they, they've all been spun the same yarn. It's not their fault that they bought into it. Get your custom Lulu ringtones now. For instance, if you wanted to hear this sound, or this sound, or this sound, or this sound, he came in like a wrecking ball. Oh my, oh, one machine did you. 1-800-LULU ringtones. Call now. Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Daguet. 
See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.